reading from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. A reading from Titus. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is he it is who gave himself for us that he might redeem us all from iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known that they had been, what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Good news for you that you already know, which is unto us a child is born, a Savior who is to be called the Prince of Peace. So Merry Christmas to all of you and thanks for worshiping with us today. The truth is Jesus came last year and we're here again. More on that in a second. The challenge of Christmas is to come to the manger again for the first time each year, knowing that we'll be coming to the manger again next year. Well, I hope you will. Probably the same times, 5 and 9 o'clock, and there's a 3.30 if you like a short one. Um, Manger. It's an interesting place to be born. We hear that there's no room at the inn. And in general, we have this idea that a manger is a food trough and that Mary and Joseph are at a stable. Actually, there's a lot of different traditions. Forty-three of us went to Israel back in March, and the place we went to was a cave in a hillside, sort of a natural grotto where a tradition says Jesus was born. Hard to know which one's right. What we know is in Luke, a manger is most certainly a food trough, but not just a place in an inn. Mangers were not stables. People didn't have those. People lived in houses with their animals. Animals were too valuable to be wandering out, and beyond that, the animals were warm, and at night, the animals brought heat. So what people did in those days is they sort of had a split-level home. On the bottom half level is where the animals lay, and up on that half level is where the animals ate and where the people lived. So you see the animals would be standing down here on the floor, eating here off the hay, and Jesus was placed in this manger. It would have been terrible hospitality for Mary and Joseph to have to go to an inn. Joseph was visiting his people, his relatives in the town of Bethlehem. So it's sort of like the Christmases I remember, I had an aunt who was really good about this. She'd put trash bags on the couch just in case we had an accident. (laughs) I think it continued till we were like 20. So we we had these trash bags, we had blankets. There were pull-out couches. I mean, there were people sleeping everywhere because it would have been terrible hospitality for us to have to stay at the Motel 6. There wasn't even one where we went in Kentucky. Anyway, this is where we stayed, and that's where Joseph and Mary were. And sure enough, they had their baby in a home. And they laid the baby right there in some soft hay. Now, it sounds awful, but I put my own daughter in a drawer for a time, and she seemed to like that better than her bed. This is sort of the story. The story is not that Jesus was born in some auxiliary, but that Jesus was born in the middle of a family. And I think the reason that's important is to imagine Jesus could be born in the middle of your family. Jesus could be born in your family house. Now, I know we've got hospitals now. I know that. I know that's where we do most of our birthing. But there's something tremendous, isn't there, about God entering the world in flesh in the middle of a home that could be yours. And I think our invitation from this is to think, could Jesus be in my home today?
Could he be there in our midst when I go home? I suppose the answer is up to us. It's one of those hard things is that we've been asked for the last four weeks of Advent, and we did this this morning, we only had about five hours to get ready for today. We've been asked to get ready for the baby Jesus for four weeks. We know he's coming. We know he doesn't need ordinary things like a car seat and a bottle and a crib. He doesn't need that stuff. He's all grown up. So instead, we've been asked to get ready for him by cultivating hope, peace, joy and love in our lives. And I don't mean like the little feelings, I mean the deep stuff. Not hope like, oh man, I hope this sermon is over soon. <laughs> that might be a deep hope for you. But, but uh, I mean the deep hope, like God's imagination for the world. We've been asked to cultivate peace. I don't mean quiet. We confuse peace and quiet, right? They're not the same. Peace is something about creation. It's about redemption and reconciliation with people we never thought we could be reconciled with. We've been asked to get ready that way for the birth of Jesus. We've been asked to cultivate joy, which is not happiness. In fact, joy doesn't even always feel good. Joy is about giving life to other people, even if it doesn't feel good. I can apologize with joy, but I can't be happy when I do it. And today, we were asked to cultivate love. Love, which is so hard, right? Because if I felt like being nice to people all the time, it would be easy to do it. (laughs) But I don't. And as anyone who's been married more than two years knows, (laughs) if all you got's feelings, all you got's two years. (laughs) There's something about commitment. This is how we're supposed to get ready for Jesus, by growing our love, by growing our hope and our peace and our joy. And today, here he is. Here's the salvation of the world. And he came last year too, and maybe if you're like me, you're wondering if all this salvation's here, why is my life still a little rough around the edges? Maybe yours isn't. I'm going to tell you, mine is. And it makes me think about something very ordinary about Christmas in my home. I have now really learned both sides of dreading this phrase, some assembly required. (laughs) I hope you know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. Let me tell you about the Barbie mansion. (laughs) You want them to put that together at the store because... If they don't, you can expect at least four hours full of the opposite of joy, peace, (laughs) love, and hope. Expect strife and discord and war. And don't you dare put that box down on Christmas morning not put together. Pieces will be lost. There will be tears. And you'll have a new crying baby in your home even if she's 11. (laughs) I'm positive that God and God's mysterious wisdom has chosen to enter the world again with the words, some assembly required. Here is salvation's gift to us lying in a manger, and I'm pretty sure this is why Jesus did not come as an adult. Jesus came as a child to remind us that God's gift of salvation has to be cared for. I wish it were not this way. I just want to let you know. I wish I didn't have to do anything and could just have it. 
but nothing in my life worth having is like that. God has decided to come into our world and to bring salvation to us as a baby, and sure enough, babies cry. Even when you can't figure out why they're crying. And babies are messy, and they need food, and sure enough, what they do is you lose a lot of sleep. (laughs) And we are asked to care for God's salvation as we would take care of a child. I'm pretty sure this is why the angels tell the shepherds, don't be afraid. If you've ever been around a newborn baby, especially if it's your own and it's your first one, there's something really scary. (laughs) They're slippery. They move. They want things. Do not be afraid. And God asks us once again to not be afraid, but to reach out and hold the Christ child and care for him. And where is he? He's in our homes. He's born into our homes. He's born into the people we will see this Christmas season, some of which we wish we did not see this Christmas season, and some of them we hope we won't see again till next year. He's born into these people at work who glare at us. You know, the ones who are always hangry, hungry, and cranky at the same time. He's born of those people on I-45, you know, when it merges down to two lanes, and, and they stay in the left lane and drive on the shoulder to the last minute. He's there. He's in this people on the TV that I'm afraid of when I see footage of them on the other side of the world. I don't even know them, and they're scary. And God says to us, do not be afraid. I've decided to be with you. God says something even greater. I've decided to be in you. And not just in them. God has decided to be born in us. And the call, I think, of the manger is to go to the mangers in our lives, in our homes, and in our world. And when we hear the Christ child calling, to take a deep breath, to not be afraid, to reach out and hold the Christ child, to nourish the Christ child in us, in our world, to burp it if we need to, (laughs) to cradle it. And above all, to look Christ in the eye, in our neighbors, and in ourselves, and in people we don't want to be neighbors with. To look him in the eye and to say, there is the Prince of Peace, Almighty God, Everlasting Father. I will be joyful. I will be hopeful. I will cultivate peace between us, and I will practice loving you. And when we do that, salvation has arrived. Please join me as we pray our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.